Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so we're joined here today by Ian Freed. Ian, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, Dave, thanks, first of all, uh, so much for having uh, me on the podcast. Um, I am uh, co-founder and CEO of Bamboo Learning. And Bamboo Learning is uh, a startup dedicated to developing voice-first applications uh, in education, um, really aimed at uh, children, teens, and their families. Uh, And we actually have uh, five products out already. Uh, that cover um, a range of different topics uh, from math to reading, uh, as well as history and music. So uh, excited to be here with you on the podcast. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And the reason I wanted to bring you on, uh, I had heard you on Colin Bourne's podcast, Voicing Startups. It was an excellent episode. Everybody should go check it out. Um, But in that episode, um, you know, as you were describing Bamboo Learning, it kind of dawned on me that this was really an interesting application that you were building. And so I tweeted out, uh, you know, keep an eye on bamboo learning because I think it's one of the most interesting, um, you know, basically applications that are being built within the Alexa ecosystem. So I wanted to have you on today on the podcast to actually kind of flesh out why I think that is. I think there's four main reasons why. Um, so I kind of wanted to go one by one with you uh, as to why I think you you all are so interesting. So the first is your background and your co-founder Arena's background and the way in which it's combining together. So rather than me steal your thunder, can you share a little bit about you know, your time at Amazon uh, and how that led you to Bamboo and then Arena and her background in education and how the two have sort of mixed together to lead to Bamboo Learning. Uh, absolutely. Um, so uh, I uh, have been running uh, Bamboo for about two years. And uh, prior to that, had a, a 12 year, about 12 and a half year career at Amazon. Most of the time I was leading uh, one or more different device businesses. Uh, and the last device businesses that I actually ran were uh, Echo and Alexa. And mm-hmm. so I ran that team uh, from the very beginning of the idea uh, that uh, really the kernel of the idea came from a, a review uh, with with Amazon uh, CEO Jeff Bezos. And uh, we started building uh, a team uh, to, develop, to develop Echo and Alexa right around uh, 2010 or so and uh, started working on that uh, pretty early. Mm-hmm. And from the very beginning, um, we thought of uh, Alexa as a, as a broad-based computing platform. So that's, uh, you know, other things I did at Amazon, uh, I led the Amazon Kindle business, uh, the ebook reader, and um, also uh, the Fire Phone, which maybe wasn't the best Amazon uh, hardware <laughs> product, but it was a lot of fun and had quite a bit of innovation in it. Mm-hmm. And a uh, number of those engineers are, uh, and, and product folks are working uh, very successfully on everything from uh, Alexa to Fire TV. Uh, we actually also incubated Fire TV within my team um, 
And I was pretty adamant that uh, the voice interface for Fire TV was absolutely critical to the success mm-hmm. of that product. And I, I think it is today. Um, my co-founder, uh, Irina Fine, uh, as much as I've spent, you know, three decades in technology, she spent the same amount of time uh, in education, including everything from being a teacher of elementary school kids and, and older students as well. Um, she also trained teachers um, at, uh, at Hunter College, um, and she's done uh, research and curriculum design for many, uh, many years, and also worked um, both for uh, a startup in, uh, in education content development that was eventually uh, acquired by McGraw-Hill, and also uh, spent some time as a consultant at McKinsey. So she has a, a really strong background in education and um, and as well as just kind of curriculum and, and development, et cetera. Um, we actually know each other because she used to work for me in the uh, early 90s. I had a consulting firm in uh, Russia and uh, she was uh, one of the first people I hired there and is one of these uh, great employees that you hire uh, who, whatever you give them in terms of uh, some additional work to do, she did that and you know, was done in about a third of the time of most normal humans and so yeah. gave her more work, et cetera. So we um, probably about uh, two and a half years ago, we started talking about could we combine our expertise, um, both uh, her deep knowledge uh, on education and education theory and practice and mine on uh, devices and Echo and Alexa in particular and create a brand new company where we could build education applications um, and try to create these long form experiences on uh, Alexa that we've uh, thus far, I uh, think we've been reasonably successful at doing through, uh, through our bamboo products. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. I love the, to hear the background, you know, you guys have this combination of deep subject matter expertise and technical expertise. You know, you were in the room and leading the charge with uh, you know, with Jeff on cr- kind of creating and conceptualizing the platform, you know, Alexa. And so I think um, before we get into Bamboo, and and maybe this will actually kind of open into Bamboo, um, I think this idea that you mentioned where Alexa is a computing platform is is a really powerful statement. And I would love to hear you expand on that a little bit because I think that too often people, uh, you know, they correlate... Um, Alexa or a Google Assistant with um, the same five use cases, checking the weather, streaming uh, audio, whatever it might be. But I think that the broader vision here is that this really is a computing platform. And I know that that's the notion and that's the premise of Bamboo Learning is building on this actual platform. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, from the beginning of uh, the concept of, of Alexa, and uh, the concept of, of Echo, um, I would say led by the vision of, of Jeff Bezos, uh, we felt like the platform should be a generalized computing platform. So what do I mean by that? Well, um, what it means is really that anything you can think of to develop, whether that's a consumer-facing application that might um, help you find a movie or uh, a consumer facing application that might find, you know, help you find 
uh, a location to travel to in uh, April if you have a vacation mm-hmm. in April, um, or uh, an enterprise-based application where um, I'm actually an investor in a company that is involved in uh, using voice on the factory floor so that when people are trying to maintain or fix equipment, um, their hands are full, they might be dirty, they don't want to stop and go to a computer um, and type in stuff. They can just say, you know, maintain or this equipment needs maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that company is called Datch, actually. It's kind of another group you might want to talk to, totally okay. different use case. But um, and so just like um, going all the way back to the early beginning of personal computers, you know, I think if you go way back, I think the use cases that people thought of on computers before Windows and before the Mac, mm-hmm. people were like, well, it can't really do that much. You know, maybe it can help you with your accounting or your recipes. <laughs> yeah. And it really, you know, people were like, oh, that's all I can do. You know, mm-hmm. or maybe uh, it'll help you be a better, it'll be a better word processor than, you know, using yeah. a typewriter. But so what happens is the more a platform matures, the more people realize and invent on that computing platform. And so, you know, you could have a similar parallel uh, on the internet. Um, in the early days of the internet, um, but there was not even a, a, an internet browser. There was uh, there were right. tools that allowed you to download files and you know link to other files and people were like well it's just a big giant magazine and you can just keep clicking and linking to other things. well you know we now know that most of the uh, applications that were developed um, you know in the 90s and and 2000s were internet based so mobile the same thing so I think what we'll see. Uh, with voice applications is, um, and, and we're starting to see this, and you know, we think uh, hopefully Bamboo is uh, one of the primary instigators of, of using uh, voice platforms to create brand new, very rich applications. Uh, to give you a, a sense of the vision of how we first started, mm-hmm. you know, we knew that um, kids, uh, especially kind of that age five to 10, age range were totally passionate about echo and alexa but many of the use cases they were interested in initially were you know alexa tell me a joke or Mm -hmm. play you know for younger kids especially play paw patrol well (laughs) you know after about 10 times of that um both they and the parents i think especially (laughs) got a little bit frustrated like okay wait a minute (laughs) like that's all this can do and our belief from the very beginning was you know it should be a much more interesting platform and we ought to be able to help kids learn and practice what they're learning in school um, by developing specific applications. And so that's just one example of using this platform. Um, but to give you just some raw data on this, you know, you can imagine like if you say, Alexa, what's the weather? Or Alexa, tell me a joke. That experience is about a 30 second experience. You ask a question, it's, you know, you're in and out. Mm -hmm. Our average session times are, you know, well into the minutes and our heavy users uh, on some of our applications are well over half an hour. So, you know, that's half an hour in a session without stopping um, because we've created something that's really interesting that, um, uh, you know, our users are compelled to, you know, they're, they're, 
they like it. So they stay longer, um, just like they might with a tablet or, you know, a PC. So, mm -hmm. um, it is working. Um, and, uh, you know, we're excited about the progress we've made just in uh, a little over two years. I think it's really cool. Like, so if we're going down the list of the reasons again, why I'm, I, I think you guys are so interesting. Um, so you have this background, right? So you're part of the team that is on the uh, you know initial team that's pitching Alexa and developing Alexa. So you have the uh, insight into like, this thing can be so much more, right? This thing can be a actual computing platform um, that goes way beyond what we're seeing, sort of akin to, you know, the days on the PC or pre-internet where, you know, it really was just a limitation of our imagination of, of what this could ultimately become. And obviously we know the story of how PCs developed, you know, in, with windows and then with the internet, like how that exploded. Um, and so I think it's just so interesting to hear this idea that this can be so much more and it can be these longer form sessions, um, you know, all based around the subject matter that you guys are sort of really going into, which is education. And that brings me to the third reason, which is I think that it's really interesting that, and I want to get into the product here a little bit, but I do think it's really interesting that your target audience is sort of twofold. First, it's um, kind of like what Katie McMahon from Soundhound has dubbed as uh, Generation V, you know, this really native um, group of, of young people that seem to intuitively understand how to use uh, a smart speaker, a voice assistant. Um, and so I think that catering to that really uh, the youngest portion of the age, age spectrum is really interesting, but also you're helping to educate the parents of the kids on where maybe their educational needs lie uh, through some of the different analytics that you do. So can you talk a little bit about the, some of the products that you have, like I think luminaries and books and, and math, and, you know, those are all very interesting. I know that you guys are doing some stuff with music as well, um, but share with the audience a little bit about what exactly Bamboo Learning looks like, what that experience is like, and then ultimately, you know, how it kind of works both in tandem for this, you know, for the kids to learn, but also for the parents to, to get some insight on what their kids um, retaining and, and maybe where some of the deficiencies lie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're, you're right. We uh, are aiming at kids, particularly K through five, although we're expanding upon that uh, a bit. Um, and there's a couple different ways we get the parents involved. So let's start um, with kind of a simple example, which is bamboo math. Uh, bamboo math is uh, an Alexa skill that you can start just by saying Alexa open bamboo math. It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And um, it really offers uh, different math problems, both number problems and actually over 500,000 word problems across the four core functions of arithmetic, addition, mm -hmm. subtraction, multiplication, and division. And um, we are kind of looking at ways to make uh, that even more expensive. And, you know, maybe I can come back and, and talk to you about that. But what we've seen uh, thus far is that having the word problems interspersed with number problems is quite interesting. Um, you might, uh, for example, if you're studying subtraction, uh, you might get something like uh, there are 13 tarantulas bouncing on a trampoline seven fall off, how many are left? And then through multimodal, we show uh, the, the tarantulas bouncing on the trampoline and, and you know which ones are still left and things like that. Um, 
So that's if you have a, an Echo Show or Fire TV, uh, you can see that. And so um, what uh, kids do then is they'll progress through a number of problems at a particular level. Um, they'll get uh, you know, a certain number right and, and you know, maybe they'll get some wrong. Um, if they do well enough over a few different sessions, they actually get promoted, let's say from you know, level one subtraction to level two subtraction and, and can keep going or they can actually ask for a harder problem. And then the really cool part for parents is uh, we have a web-based application called Bamboo Grove, and that's just by going to our website, you can find it there, uh, or you can just go to grove.bamboolearning.com. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, you can see exactly which problems your child answered, how recently they tried a session, whether the question was a number problem and what the exact question was or if it was a word problem so you know if I was the parent of uh, you know a girl in this age range um, named let's say Sarah I could go to the website and see that Sarah had um, gotten that tarantula problem uh, she answered it correctly and then the next problem was maybe a little bit harder and it involved uh, you know let's say a harder number, uh, what's 21 minus 13 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she answered that with 12 and was just, you know, slightly, uh, well, actually that'd be more than slightly off, but <laughs> <laughs> let's say she answered that with, you know, uh, seven. So mm -hmm. then I could see exactly uh, where she'd made a mistake. And you can also pretty easily, because it's displayed graphically, you can see trends. So you might mm -hmm. see that, you know, your child always does really well um, in the beginning gets to a new level and struggles for maybe one or two or three sessions and then sort of catches on or they might you know you might find that there's a weakness in division they're great at the other three functions but for some reason division is causing a bit of a struggle and that's something as a parent you could choose to share with uh, with a math teacher at school very cool. Um, so that's Bamboo Math. And then, uh, you know, I can keep going on some of the others uh, and talk just a bit about how the parent uh, dashboard works, if you like, Dave. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think that's really interesting. Let's go. I want to now get into the next point uh, and continue to talk about the products. But sure. let's expand it a little bit here because the next reason I think you all are so interesting is the focus that you're putting on multimodal. I've said it before, but I think that Multimodal, what's so interesting to me about that is that it creates a scenario, um, if done properly, like in my mind, I'm thinking about Food Network Kitchen right now, where it allows for a entirely new type of experience because it sort of fuses the old with the new. You have the legacy modality of the screen that we've all become so accustomed to, but it has the, it's, it's, it's infused with the new modality of voice by input and output of, you know, by the user and then also from Alexa uh, or the voice assistant. So I think that, can you talk a little bit about, cause I know like what you guys are doing with uh, APL and some of the different um, multimodal emphasis that you're putting on this and then how it results in something like uh, Bamboo Luminaries or, or one of the different products. Um, I'm just curious to hear about, cause clearly you're putting an emphasis on multimodal. So I'd love to learn maybe why that is, but also how that's manifesting within Bamboo. Yeah, that's uh, another great observation. And, uh, I can pick up on that. So uh, yes, for us, multimodal, uh, which really is uh, the combination of using voice uh, and visuals, 
um, on devices that are you know voice capable uh, like Echo Show or again uh, one of our favorites is actually Fire TV Cube. Um, and what you can do, just like you're talking to uh, an Echo device, you can talk to an Echo Show or Fire TV Cube, um, and it's just ambient in the background. So you know again, if you were going to uh, start Bamboo Luminaries, you'd just say Alexa, open Bamboo Luminaries. And the way Bamboo Luminaries works uh, is the, the concept is we're teaching history through uh, important people throughout history. And some of those people are quite famous. Uh, so Muhammad Ali um, was actually uh, among the most requested uh, Bamboo Luminaries in the month of January. He's obviously quite famous. And he's yeah. been famous since I was a kid, by the way. <laughs> um, but so what we do is we'll show a beautiful, historically relevant image, uh, which, you know, if you have a, an Echo Show, it looks great on there. But on a big screen Fire TV Cube, it's this beautiful image of a young Muhammad Ali uh, punching one of those bags, uh, the kind of bouncy smaller bags, not the huge, huge yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and we show uh, a luminary of the day. So let's say he was the luminary of the day. We'll explain a little bit about Muhammad Ali. Um, you can get more details by asking questions, you know, actually by just saying you know, more details or, or explore more. Um, or you can switch and ask about other um, people in history or, or, you know, we'll also give you a choice of like three different people on the screen, uh, which you can rotate through. And so um, another really interesting feature about that is what we call guess a luminary. And on that feature, it's really just a game. And we'll mm -hmm. give you at first three hints uh, that show up on the screen. And we also um, read that out. And so uh, those hints... Uh, allow you to potentially guess who the luminary would be. So we recently added uh, Pablo Picasso to our list of luminaries. Luminary. Okay. So you might get, you know, he was a, a painter in Spain, although he lived in France, might be a hint. Okay. Um, and then you earn points based on that, and the points also show up on the screen. And, and I think part of what makes luminaries great um, are the historically uh, relevant and fascinating images um, it's also really fun if you don't happen to have a screen, um, kind of playing that guessing game and earning points and, and getting ranked. But the idea that um, that voice is a piece of a solution yes. rather than the entire solution is really why uh, we've emphasized multimodal. Because actually, as much as um, we all as humans uh, are great at listening, we're also very visual. Yeah. And, uh, I think having the combination of uh, both listening carefully to an interesting story about Muhammad Ali or um, or Sally Ride, you know, the the astronaut uh, or Thomas Edison, um, it's great to listen, uh, but also seeing a visual that puts them in the context of their place in history, I think, is super interesting. Um, you know, also Bamboo Books takes advantage of, of um, APL and, and multimodal because we uh, actually are able to show uh, exactly what's being read on the screen. So kids mm -hmm. who are learning to read can listen to the story and read along on the screen. So that's a really good use case. It's like reading, it, it, you know, Alexa will never replace parents reading to their children. Totally. But the exercise of 
having something read to you and reading along as a child is a really important exercise. And sometimes parents are busy. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and they don't have time all the time to, totally. you know, to read to their kids. So if you think of bamboo books as a supplement, uh, you know, with, with beautiful images as well, um, it's kind of a nice way to use uh, multimodal to achieve something that isn't quite the same if you do audio only. Yeah. And I think like, uh, I think what's so interesting about that too, is that, um, you know, like you said, it's supplemental. And I think that the same, I would imagine you would say the same for, uh, bamboo math, um, where, you know, this isn't attempting to necessarily replace like the traditional method in which the kids are learning, but it's a supplemental way. And I think what's interesting is like, I know with bamboo books, so you read a paragraph, right. And then you're, kind of quizzing them on their retention of it. So it is an exercise of, are you actually kind of understanding what you're reading? It's not necessarily just like you're reading. It's, it's kind of gamified in that way where there is a level of, um, I guess, call it like, um, you know, oversight to see like what kind of progress are you achieving? Yeah. Well, um, what, what Irina would, tell you if she was on the podcast with us but i'll you know i'll do my best uh, arena imitation at this point um there is a an important facet of of reading um that um that teachers you know and educators in general reading specialists are uh familiar with called active listening mm -hmm. and so when you're reading for comprehension, it's, it is actually really important to do what's known as active listening. And so if you're doing active listening, while you're listening to the story, you're actually thinking through what you're hearing. So, mm -hmm. you know, a great example of this, and it was, um, it proved to me I wasn't the best active listener. <laughs> um, when we first started building Bamboo Books, one of the more complex stories that we have at, at level three is um, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And um, we all kind of know the story because we've seen the movie. You know, it starts out, Dorothy lived in a log cabin on the plains in Kansas. And so that part's great. You know, one of our early questions is, where did Dorothy live? And it's nice that we figured out we should be able to accept Kansas or on the plains or in a log <laughs> cabin or in a log cabin on the plains in Kansas, all those different permutations. But um, then, it, then the story goes on and it, it, uh, we talk about, well, in the log cabin, there was a cupboard and some dishes and four chairs and a table and, you know, a few other things that I still can't remember. And then our question is, you know, what was, what was in the log cabin? Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew that I had to improve my active listening because <laughs> I could remember the table and chairs and that was about it. Yeah. And so um, when, especially as an early reader and you're trying to develop, and actually by, it's not a pre-reader, someone who's competent at reading all the yeah. words, the next step is, are you really understanding? Yeah. And, um, and are you remembering and can you retain what you've read? And so I think Bamboo Books does a great job of that. And it's true that multimodal in that context does help a bit, um, but you know, you'd be surprised. I've found actually there are times if I just listen, I even noticed with myself when we were testing, 
sometimes I'd actually close my eyes, even though I was using it on an echo show and I'd listen really carefully for the details because I knew that was the one I was going to. And so it's interesting that I closed my eyes because I think we do in human nature have this, this notion that sometimes when we're really concentrating and trying to listen, actually shutting out distractions is helpful. So it's kind of that interesting dichotomy between when is it good to have multimodal visuals and when do you actually just want to hear the audio? And yeah. I mean, I guess if you have a multimodal device, you can always not look at it or, right. <laughs> or close your eyes. There you go. Um, so I think that's just so cool. And I think what's really interesting about all these products, again, kind of going full circle to who you're really catering to, right? You're catering to those that are learning, but I think it's, it's so interesting and so novel that you're providing insight based on that to the parents, you know, so whether it be through their, through the way in which they're doing math or the, their, you know, the, the way in which they're doing the reading, um, you know, bamboo books, I think like giving them a level of insight to understand like where maybe they should focus more of their time and then allowing that to, you know, maybe to even go and approach the teacher in the school and say, Hey, look, we've noticed that Sarah is, um, she really struggles with the vision or, uh, we don't think that she's, you know, her reading comprehension or, um, you know, whatever it might be. We just think that there might be a deficiency there. And so I think that's a really interesting sort of like a value proposition here of why you should use your services is that there's really two audiences in mind. Yeah. Well that, um, has certainly been the goal. I think uh, in Irina's career, one of her observations was that, well, there are really a couple different closely tied uh, observations. One, the tools um, that parents have to, um, or, or even tools that educators have to really keep track of how students are doing are somewhat limited. It's particularly mm-hmm. limited for parents at home. Yeah. And so we felt from the beginning that we should keep track of um, how students were doing whenever we asked them a question so that parents could just see how their kids were doing. I mean, I think, you know, all parents want to know that um, their children are either doing better or if they have an issue that, you know, parents can try to do something to, to get their children some help. Um, so, th- so that's one observation. The other one that's interesting, and, you know, I think we've just begun to scratch the surface of, uh, of what's possible here is tying the parents and the teachers together in a way. Yeah. And so like one of the observations we've, made and and talked about that's immediately obvious to all parents. If I'm the parent of a second grade student, mm-hmm. I there might be a fantastic teacher in second grade. Um, most schools who have second grade teachers, the second grade teacher teaches math and reading and spelling and history and all the things. They don't mm-hmm. switch usually until middle school to specialized teachers. And um, the best teachers are, you know, working as hard as they can to, to deliver a great lesson to the kids and then, you know, provide some evaluation potentially. And then 
eventually in May or June, I guess June, the school year ends and the kids go off, you know, for summer break and then they come back and that child is then in third grade. And often the third grade teacher is across the hall or down the hall from the second grade teacher. And let's say there's, you know, 25 or so kids in each class. It's rare, if not, you know, never (laughs) that that second grade teacher has a really detailed knowledge that they, they may have the knowledge, but they may not communicate it. In fact, rarely communicate it for each child who goes from second grade to third grade. And so there's this gap, the continuity. And so we felt like, okay, well, let's put the, the power of how the children are doing in the, in the hands of the parents. So the parents then know. And so, you know, a parent, you can imagine a parent going through, uh, you know, helping their child through, um, or, you know, keeping an eye on their child through second grade math. Um, They're doing great. You know, they're just starting multiplication and um, the, the school year ends. Like actually being able to, they could literally take the report um, and right now send a screenshot or copy and paste or print it out and send that to the, uh, to the teacher, you know, over time we may decide that it makes sense for them to just have a way to email it without having to copy and paste and all that. But, but even just having the data as a parent and being able to get that to, uh, you know, the next year's teacher is really valuable and it's it's something they don't have. And interestingly, schools are, um, tasked and um, both tasked with trying to get parent involvement and frustrated by the challenges of being able to do that. Mm-hmm. And part of it is just pe- teachers don't have that much time and parents don't have that much time. So how, yeah. you know, what, how, do, you, how do you create um, parent involvement in a constructive way rather than just complaints? You know, I yeah. think um, school, if you ask schools, what do you, when do you hear from, from parents? A lot of times they might say, well, just when something's wrong. <laughs> right. And so you, what I think schools would like to foster is, you know, if schools have ideas or if teachers have ideas about what parents can be doing at home and there's a way to kind of keep an eye on that and, um, and then teachers can see improvement and, you know, whatever they've, suggested at home is working well that would be a huge win and of course our hope is that um you know if kids want to practice more in math they'll try bamboo math at home and and parents can communicate uh the the results to teachers if they choose to um and similarly with books you know kids are trying to uh, both learn to read and do active listening improve their listening comprehension same thing. Parents can literally take the report from Bamboo Grove and send it to, to teachers. So um, we think we'll do more in this area going forward. Uh, you know, I even uh, came up with an idea that I can't share with you um, while we've been talking. Because <laughs> okay. I think there's some really interesting things we can be doing. And, uh, you know, the goal is keep empowering parents and families to uh, allow kids to be the best they can be. That's really, uh, you know, what we're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's also so interesting and you're really hitting on, I think, uh, an unmet need that, uh, you present 
a novel solution that very well might be something that's really well received because it does sort of bridge, I think, that continuity element of education and making sure that the child is, you know, that the, those that are instructing the child have a level of understanding of where those, where that child's needs are. And I think this is a really interesting approach to it. So the last reason that I want to touch on that I think makes you also interesting is the monetization. Can you share uh, how you're looking at ways in which you guys might ultimately monetize on Bamboo? Yeah. Um, I mean, First, I should just say, you know, right now, everything we're offering, uh, I'll list them all, uh, Bamboo Math, uh, Bamboo <laughs> Luminaries, Bamboo Books, uh, Bamboo Music, uh, which teaches music theory, and then Highlight Storybooks from Bamboo, which is another reading application uh, that we've done jointly with Highlights Magazine. Cool. Um, all five of those are free. You can do every, every single feature right now is free. Uh, going to Bamboo Grove and seeing the analytics is free. Um, whether we keep everything uh, free forever or not, I think is um, probably still an open question. There are certainly mm -hmm. models we could uh, envision that are advertiser supported or sponsorship supported. Um, however, um, most likely there'll be some premium content features, uh, whether that's in, in books or some uh, new products that we offer. Um, additionally, I think over time, if we can prove out that some of our analytics is absolutely adding value to families and mm -hmm. kids' education, you know, we figure out a way to monetize that, um, always maintaining a free component. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, I'm a firm believer, having kind of grown up in the internet era, that um, freemium models work. Yeah, um, you can attract a, a large user base with a free product, and then um, some of that user base will get extra value from the more advanced features, and typically they're willing to pay for those. Well, that's awesome, Ian. I think that we've sort of gone through a long laundry list of things that make you all so interesting. I mean, from the background of you and Irina, I think you know both with the knowledge and the domain expertise, both in the world of Alexa and also education and marrying those two together. Um, you know, this vision that this can, you know, Alexa can be so much more. This really is a, a computing platform. And I love to hear those that are on the forefront of really trying to build much more robust capabilities. I think there is a lot of really interesting things that are starting to be built that I think are going to make people's perceptions of what this ultimately can do. Um, it will alter that. Um, I love the, focus on the target audience, you know, both young children, but also their parents. I think that's um, a really interesting combination. You know, the emphasis on multimodal, how there's, uh, you know, you can do this with just, you know, no screen, but you can also have that screen element and some of the ways that that might help. There's, you know, these beautiful visuals with bamboo luminaries. It sounds like with bamboo math, there's like a actual visual component to some of the word problems. And then, just getting into you know how you ultimately might monetize. I know that's sort of a, a very pertinent question that a lot of people are asking right now. And to hear you describe that you think there's multiple avenues to do so, I think is really interesting. So that's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast today. I thought that because of all those things in combination, that's what makes Bamboo Learning worth keeping such an eye on. Uh, well, thanks so much for having me, Dave. Really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks everybody who tuned in this week. Thanks Ian for joining me and we will chat with you next time.
Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.